Hello and welcome to Gilead. My name is Soren Hotchair and thank you so much for joining us. This past Sunday was February 18th, 2024, and we are kicking off Lent with the theme love slash hate relationships. We're telling stories about our friends and the people who aren't very nice to us. We're asking what it takes to love them, besties and worsties, friends and foes. So please stick around, listen while Vince Allen tells his sermon. So my daughter Nola has been in a sleep regression for the last month, waking up two or three times a night, having a hard time getting back to sleep, and frequently coming across the hall to let us know at like 4 a.m. It's not a good situation. We got her some melatonin and reinforced her sleep routine, and it did not help at all. She said she was having nightmares about sharks. Now, for years, Nola could name every shark movie that was ever made. She's never seen any of them. (laughs) But she made me show her the posters on my phone starting at, like, age four. And I agreed to do that. She was fascinated, so much so that I drew a version of the Jaws poster with her open mouth in place of the Great Whites (laughs) and her name where the movie title would go. Thank you, Monica. (laughs) It hung on her wall across from her bed for the last few years until this week when she identified it as the culprit, when she told us how she would wake in the night and think about that picture which she had started opening her closet door to cover every evening, and she would think about that picture, and even though she knew there was no shark in the room, she got scared. So we took the picture down and we moved it to her playroom where she wanted it. It's like every parent who has ever searched for a monster under a bed or turned on a closet light to show like, it's just a shirt hanging there, not a ghost. We dispelled the boogeyman and fear seemed to go away. She slept through the night. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul is trying to dispel his congregation's fears. The section that I'm thinking of starts with that famous line, if God is for us, who can be against us? Actually, I like the New Revised Standard Version better. If God is for us, who is against us? Because as it turns out, even if God is for you, lots of people can be against you. (laughs) But the other translation has Paul like throwing shade at the Romans' enemies. It's cutting. Like, if God is for us, who is against us? Not that there isn't anyone, but who the hell are they? Actually, he does it over and over in this section. He uses the word who 11 times in seven verses. He was a master of subtlety. (laughs) Who will bring any charge against God's elect? Who is to condemn? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Paul shines a light on their fears again and again. This shirt, this poster, this shadow, it's nothing, an illusion. A boogeyman, your, your enemies? Who are they? The night after we declared victory over Nola's sleep regression, when we were done reading and it was time for her to go brush her teeth, she asked me, are you going to die? Or maybe she said it in a statement like, you're not going to die, right? I mean, I know everyone is going to die, but in a long, long time, right? And it was clear she was hoping for that same 
breezy, nightmare-dispelling energy from the night before, this poster of me dying, let's just take it down and put it in your playroom. Actually, why did I make a poster for you of me dying to begin with in this scenario? She, she wanted me to check under an empty bed. Who? Death? That's just a story people tell to scare kids. I will always be there for you. But I couldn't do it. All I could offer was none of us know when we're going to die, but I hope I'll be around for a long time still. But you won't die till I'm grown up. I don't know. I hope not. It was a complete reversal of the night before, like a much scarier thing to be worried about, more serious, a lot more likely than a shark attack 800 miles inland and one floor up. <laughs> and a protector who can't protect you. She flipped the light on and the shirt became a monster and her invincible father became a human. Who's gonna save me? Who? This guy? The Romans, too, are afraid of serious things. Paul lists them as if they're nothing, but it's not clear that that like, has its desired effect. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And then for reasons which truly aren't clear, he decides to comfort them with a quote from Psalm 44. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered, which is at least as bad as making a, a poster for your child that gives them nightmares. It's not comforting. Their fears seem well-founded. Who are you afraid of? This silly little sword by which we're being killed all day long? Yes! They flip the light on and they realize that Paul is just some schlub. And the shirt in the closet is actually the Roman Empire, something I think about at least once a day. <laughs> I enjoyed that too much. Their fears are serious, and so are ours. I started that book, Enchantment, this week. Izzy, you thought you were giving the last plug for my group, but the plug for my Lenten lunchtime book group starting Wednesday. In the first passage that I underlined, Catherine May says, if there were a spirit of this age, it would look a lot like fear. For years now, we've been running like rabbits. We glimpse a flash of white tail, read the danger signal, and run, flashing our own white tail behind us. It's a chain reaction, a river of terror surging incoherently onwards, gathering up other wild, alert bodies who in turn signal their own danger. There is no one predator from which to escape. There are many. We can only run and panic and chatter our fears to others who will mirror them back to us. It felt like a pretty accurate description to me for what I see around me, for what I feel inside of me, have felt for what seems like a long time now, that chain reaction, that panic, that river of terror flowing just beneath the surface, just beneath the surface if I'm lucky. 
the predators who are not pretend, who are not imagined, who are real and close and powerful. May says she feels like she is missing something, that we are missing something that might help us fight against this fear. At the edge of consciousness, she says, we sense a kind of absence. Later, she names it as a question that she says we haven't yet learned to ask. How do we worship now? Spoiler for Wednesday, I don't love her answers. Taking our shoes off in the grass, walking through a forest, good things, but not enough for my fear, at least. Still, I agree with her diagnosis. The antidote to fear is worship. Paul knows it, knows it's not as easy as flipping on the lights. He doesn't just try to undercut the things that the Romans are afraid of. He also reminds them of who it is they worship. There are two uses of the word who, which you know, but just to point it out. One is the question, but the other is the beginning of a statement, the one who the first one is empty. It, it hollows things out. Who? But the second one fills in, builds up. Paul uses them both in these seven verses. All those cutting questions meant to show the emptiness of their enemies, the weaknesses of the ones they fear. But even if their fears are serious, even if their enemies are great, there is one who is greater. Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. Our fears are real, serious, powerful, but there is one who is more powerful we flip the lights on, and yes, the closet turns out to be full of monsters. But it also turns out we are not alone. There is one who is with us, who has always been with us, who will always be with us, one who created us, one who saves us, one who loves us, one whom we come here to worship, whose peace we are trying to be grounded in, whose strength sends the shadows flying, one who will give us the courage to laugh in the faces of the enemies of love, who will reveal their emptiness, their nothingness, who will dispel their terror, one who will show us how to stop running, one who will give us courage to say, like Paul, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.